Hello again, Dwayne Brummett here with Ali Alberigo, SchoolandTalk.com. Good morning, Ali. How are you, sir? Hey, Dwayne. How's it going? It's been a little bit hectic morning, so I apologize to anybody who's watching. For um, we had a special guest we were going to have on, and then I got hit with having to go to a small claims court this morning. So, um, uh, you know, that's something we could possibly talk about. But uh, so my um, my uh, our guest, you know, was kind of in limbo and then went like down to the wire. I didn't think I was going to make it. And then I said, hey, let's do the call. But we didn't want to hang him up. So he'll be on for next week. So um, we'll we'll catch back up with him. So I apologize to you and I apologize to whoever else is listening that it's going to be, you know, it's going to be just you and I again today. But we have some, you know, we're just going to chat. Yeah, no, that's fine. And and, uh, why don't don't we give a quick rundown on the next, um, you know, let's build up the next next call with him. You know, what what, what things are we looking to learn uh, from him? Uh, And maybe, you know, give give his name and and, uh, some information about him, too. Yeah, well, Ma- Master Badansky is an, an, an unbelievable martial art guy, uh, you know, a uh, martial artist. I know him for probably 30 years. I met him through my teacher, Felix Vasquez, back in the day, and we would go and demo at one of his schools where he would do a D.A.R.E. program to, you know, for kids, to, to raise money for kids. And my teacher would be the ninja demonstration, and I'd be the person getting the crap kicked out of me during the demos. And um, we became fast friends, and um, then he had me out a few times to teach at his school over the years, and then I hadn't been out, and it's kind of odd because he's in this new location now, which is massive. I think it's 15,000 square foot, um, and uh, I thought it was like, hey, at my seminar, I taught for him like eight years ago. He's like, no, I've been here in this location for 15 years, so if you haven't taught here, it's been 15 years since you've done a seminar at my school. Can you imagine time, how quickly wow. time goes by? But he's a, success, a successful martial art teacher and school owner. He owns a gym within his facility, this massive gym, probably like six, 7,000 square foot, maybe more gym, um, weight training, and then you know cardio rooms and the whole nine. So he does it all. His school is pristine, beautiful, clean. We'll talk more about that with him when we chat with him. But he's going to go over. He wants to talk about summer enrollment, how to keep your summer hopping and popping and getting new students and how he does it and what, what things he runs and programs and specialties and so on. Nice. And so that'll be next week. So everybody be uh, looking out for that. Uh, and we're going to yeah. broadcast that one on the open page, right? Or are we going to do it in yeah. a closed group? Um, I think we should probably still stick to the closed group. Don't you? Okay. I mean, I, yeah. I like the closed group simply because I think a lot of us martial artists um, have our students watching, not to say that we're doing anything secretive, but um, our students are watching us when we're doing the open group and we're talking about business. And I think sometimes they can't separate the two. So they're going like, oh, yeah, so I'm a number. I'm the upgrade. I'm the, I'm the sale. I'm the retail. I'm the whatever. And I, I don't want them to think that because it's not, that's, that's not how we think. That's not all we think, right? So, I, I mean, it's just how we run our businesses. We're trying to teach other people to run their business. But, um, uh, I don't want people to think that they're one of those numbers. Yeah, no, I would agree with that. Yeah. Yeah, so um, I, lo- I love uh, you wrote today. Today's topic is question mark, right? And so I, I said we don't really – we didn't go over a topic, but we I, I think just chatting sometimes is topic enough because we can bounce around from a few different topics. So So let's start off, and I want your opinion on this and why – because um, you said to me that you don't do this, but I do do this. And I, I was just in small claims court this morning um, with my – so I have a collection company that collects on people who have reneged on their agreement. They stop paying. For whatever reason, they say, my kid doesn't want to go. Why should I pay? Even though they sign for a term period from January to, say, like December of the year, um, before we close or sign the contract, we say, hey, Mrs. Jones, you do you are aware – that this agreement is non-cancelable. It's for a 12-month period of time. Even if little Johnny doesn't want to go, um, this is a commitment. You do understand that. And we're going to include, and we include a lot of stuff in our membership. They get in the, A new member gets two sets of uniforms. They get perfect attendance awards. They get stickers. So there's a little bit of an expense and time stuff that goes into our membership that's not just like tuition and that's it. We put a lot into it. And um, so then they agree, and then sometimes they'll say, hey, I don't want to pay. So we have a collection company that will then pursue them, and if they can't get anywhere, they send it to legal, and the legal company will then take it to court, small claims court, 
And um, normally I don't have to go unless people object to the small claims court. And then if they don't show up, they lose by judgment. And then that same law firm will then find fees and collect money from either a garnishment of wages or taking money out of a checking or savings account, what they find and so on and so forth. Now, um, do I feel good about this? I don't feel good or bad, right? I, I feel like I kept up my end of the bargain. I just wish that people would keep up their end of the bargain. It's not about the money. However, the money is a part of how I live, but it's also about them saying, okay, you're, you're going to do this and I'll do that. And, and then I do what I'm supposed to and they don't do what they're supposed to. So I feel like, hey, it's a contract. That's why they have contracts. You can't just change your mind, and, and we explain that to people. So anyway, um, today we had an issue where it was uh, they claimed that they had sent us a doctor's note. I don't recall ever getting a doctor's note, and um, and I said to them, but you just have to pay the cancellation fee, um, and it ended up being a case where the doctor, because doctors in our contract will write notes for anything. I once had to threaten a doctor with a lawsuit because he was he's a local guy in town, and he would write notes for everybody. And I and it wouldn't say why. It would just say, Johnny can't go to karate any longer. Sign doctor, blah, blah, blah. And then I finally called up, and he's like, I can't discuss it with, with you because it's client uh, you know, privilege. And I said, uh, okay, if you keep writing bogus doctor's notes, you're going to see me in court because I'm going to sue you directly. And I never got another doctor's note from him again because he just wanted to keep his clients happy. Okay, Mrs. Jones, yeah, let me just write you a note. You'll get out of that contract with the, the karate school or the gymnastic place. And I want the notes to be legitimate. If they're sick, then I'm all for letting every, anyone out. If they, can't, if they can't afford it, just come to me. I'm all for letting them out. You know? But if it's, uh, if it's bogus and it's just a way to renege on your agreement, then I'm not for that. What, what do you think? I mean, I know you kind of have a little bit different philosophy. I think our uh, our philosophy is the same. My approach is different. So I do believe that people should hold up their end of the bargain. Uh, I just don't know if I'm I'm the one to teach them that lesson. So I think that mm-hmm. might might be might be where we differ. And also, I guess my question would be, and I know you asked me a question, but my question is, you know, how does that um, reflect on you would you say in the public size or is it not that big of a deal because i guess that was that's one of my drawbacks is i don't want to uh you know press somebody that much and go through all of that just to have them go out and badmouth me yeah so so that question has been posed to me many times right and, and sure i that. agree i agree with you and you know so i had to make a personal decision that I would take that chance of people doing that. Um, but I'm surprised at how little it happens. Um, the complaints and negative reviews I have on Yelp or maybe you know, uh, Google or whatever it is are not from that. I, I've had some reviews like, oh, yeah, Sheehan Alley, all he cares about is the money. Those are people that have broken agreements and I've held them to it and they don't like that, Right. However, so they assume it's all about the money. They never assume it's about integrity and keeping their word. It's only right. about me. So, um, and then I've had people that have just badmouthed me because they, you know, they say oh, I'm a businessman. I'm all about the money, and you know, and so on. So I get it whether I'm holding them to a contract or not. So, the small amount of negative press that I get from people like that is so little. Uh, and compared to the people that that are honorable and they take care of collections and they pay even if their kid doesn't want to go, or um, I, I tell them I'm going to take them to small claims court and I win in the small claims court. So I, I don't really see it as, you know, tarnishing my reputation because most people right. look at that and go, well, you signed the agreement. Like a normal person who's out there reading these reviews goes, yeah, but you signed an agreement, you know, and that's why he's holding you liable. Like so you, no one forced you to sign the contract. No one forced you to do it. Um, so I, I don't hold the gun to anyone's head and make them sign. I tell them my terms straight up front, and I tell them what they give me and what I give them. The minute they sign, all they're responsible for is their $130 a month. I do everything else or whatever the price is for whatever membership they're in. So right. um, my, my answer is I, I kind of stay away uh, from all of that because it's pretty straightforward. I'm not, you know, I'm not, I'm not providing, like, you know, you know, the old bait and switch. that they. I used to work at a video store many, 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 many years ago in, like, the 1980s. 
and it was like they would advertise a VCR, and it was like it was like massive, and, and it was a front top loaded one where you hit the eject button, the thing was like, and like you put this big huge VHS tape in it, and um, they would advertise them at like ninety nine bucks, and they had no intention of getting this model whatsoever. They never would have it. They would just drag people into the store to pick it up. And then say, I'm sorry, we're sold out. And I thought that was pretty unethical. That's illegal, actually. It's called bait and switch. We don't do that in our school. We're not bait and switching anybody. We're giving them the terms. We tell them what we give them. And we over-provide most of the time. Right. right? So, so that's why I kind of have come to terms with, like, people should live up to their agreement. And by the way, as a school owner, I'll ask you, why, why don't you do it when you know, like, let's say a car company would do it, or if you sign up for an advertising campaign, they would do it. If you hired a website company, they would do it. Um, they're not really worried about their reputation being tarnished because they're, they know that it's an agreement or else you kind of, how much, how much money have you thrown away over the years? You know, probably hundreds of thousands of dollars with people that just stuck their head in the sand and said, I don't want to pay Dwayne anymore. My kid's bored. He doesn't want to go. Right. No, uh, yeah, yeah, you're you're starting to sell me. You're starting to sell me. Um, hmm. You know, I, I guess if I, I don't know, if I didn't have to show up to court, um, that would make it a lot easier. I, I don't want to have to deal with that. What, right. what is the uh, what what is the what is the benefit that you feel that you get by? quote unquote, holding people accountable to their actions. Well, well, let me also add this. So before we even end up in court, we have a whole system. And I think I've shared this with you called collections with integrity. It's a yeah. series of letters that like, so, so, so let's say, and here's part of the reason people, people either one, their kid gets bored and they just say, I'm not going to pay. Why should I pay? They're not going right. Maybe one or two months go by and they go, I'm not, I'm not going to pay. I want to cancel my agreement. Ma'am, you can't cancel your agreement. So sometimes they'll go, well, that's not fair, and they get mad. And I said, we just want your kid to come. Why don't you teach them the lesson of sticking to it? And, you know, you only have six months left. Let them do it and, and then pay it out, and then you're done. And then they say, okay, I'm going to do that. Some will do it, and some will say, no, we don't want to come anymore, right? So then um, another thing happens where people fall behind on a payment for whatever reason. And then once they fall behind on the payment, what happens is they um, – they then – they can't catch up. They owe two months of, let's say, $250, $150 each or whatever, so they owe you 300 and then they have to pay the current term, so they just disappear. So we do this thing where we say, hey, listen, whatever you owed us, all you got to do is come back, and we're going to throw that. We're going to wipe it clean, and you're just going to start anew with a 12-month agreement. So if they owe us six months, we say – we're going to erase that. You just got to come back today and sign up from now for a year and just continue. So, so then do you, do, you, do you document that stuff? So that yes. way when you go into, okay, yeah. So yeah. that way when you go into court, you can say, well, look, you know, we had this discussion, this date, this time. Yeah. This is what the terms were. They still denied it. And so yeah. that you, you, yeah, so you're going to look like the good guy. Yeah, and, and we do a series of six letters trying to get them, and, and some of them are a little bit, you know, nice and, and passive, and we just want you back. Just forget sure, about what sure. you owe us. All we care about is you. Honestly, you and I, all we care about is having them as a student, but we just can't let them out of their, their debt that they owe us, so um, we offer to throw it away as long as they promise to stay with us for another year to continue and we erase the fall behind, we call it, right? So then, and we have multiple letters uh, continuously saying, hey, let's just get rid of your debt and let's continue forward and let's just keep you and our relationship awesome and have you as a student. So, um, so those collections with integrity letters that I have, that's basically our way of trying to do our due diligence, right? Now, by the way, if someone is broke, they lose their job, I would give them a scholarship if they needed it, right? If, they're, if they're, something happens and they don't have the money, all they have to do is come to me. But you know what I find? I lost my job. I'm broke. I can't do it anymore. Have some compassion. Okay, no problem. I could love to do that. Why don't I give you three months, three free months of tuition and you could save the money and catch up? And they'll be like, nah, you know, uh, we'll pass on that. And I'll go like, okay, but I don't get it. I'm going to give it to you for free. Um, no, it's okay. And I'm like, oh, so, uh, well, then we, we're going to have to, well, Johnny doesn't want to go anymore either. So, oh, Johnny doesn't want to go anymore. That's the real reason, right? Or I've seen right. people say, I, I don't want to pay. I can't afford it. I'm broke. And then they, they drive away in a brand new Lexus. I had a, many people, I have story after story after story of how I was kicked in the teeth and looked like an idiot, letting people out of their agreements, giving them sponsorship, giving them, you know, free months and all this other stuff. And then one day I'm, one of my students is like, there's a chaos in the parking lot. Everything okay? Oh, yeah, you got to see this car. 
And I'm like, I run out and it's like a Ferrari kit car. The doors are up. People are taking pictures. And I'm like, oh, whose car is this? It's my car, sir. Oh, awesome. Aren't you the guy who just told me you didn't have any money that you couldn't afford tuition? Yes, yes. Uh, when did you get this car? Oh, like two days. Oh, you had a $40,000 car you bought, but you couldn't afford your $260 a month in tuition. You know, and I had another person, the same thing. I did a deal. I worked out a deal. That night, they went out to celebrate with the family, and they were all eating lobsters at a diner. A diner. Lobsters. And I'm going, you can't afford to pay me the 130 but you have a $200 bill. Maybe you're celebrating that Sensei Ali is such an idiot party right, right. now. So, you know, so th this type of stuff, um, you know, it, it, it's depressing, and, and that's why I learned to stick to my gun. So we do the collections with integrity. We try to keep people going. Um, and I'll work with people. All they got to really do is be honest and friendly and, and, and you know, truthful, and I'll work so with them. I, so out of the percentage of individuals that you turn into collections compared to all the billing that you do in a year, what is it, right. like one or one or two people a year? No, probably more than that, but um, I'd say maybe about 10 to 15, somewhere okay. like that. So it's probably like 1% or 2%, no, maybe 3% of our enrollment, if that, maybe mm -hmm. 1%. And and the people that stop training, the majority, 90% of them, will, they get it. They're like, okay, well, my son doesn't want to go. We're going to make him go through the end, and, and we're not going to continue. Or they, they don't show up the last month, and they take a hit, and they just pay, it and they walk away. So, again, like with this lady today that I was talking to, I'm like, I don't want to hurt you. And all you are is about the money. And I'm like, I don't want that to be the case with you. I said, if your kid is genuinely ill, genuinely ill and couldn't attend, show me a doctor's note that says that, that not something that's just made up, you know, and so on. Like I have a doctor's note sitting right here. Um, I just brought it in somewhere here. Oh, here it is. Um, I'll cover the name. <laughs> but, but, you know, this doctor's note, and it says, my kid has, it says, this is, this is, this is to confirm that blah, blah, blah suffers from wheezing and asthma, which can be triggered by mold and environmental. That's the doctor's note. It doesn't say they can't train in the martial arts. It doesn't say that this is bad for them, that they should take off. They shouldn't be there. So what do I do? Do I, do I just say, okay, you're out of the agreement because you got a doctor's note that says your kid has asthma? 20% of my kids have asthma in the dojo. That's why they're there. Uh, right, right. Right, so to learn how to breathe through it, to learn how to make their cardio better, et cetera, et cetera. So, it's so then, how things. did you go about? How did you go about getting a? Um, is this a lawyer that you a collection well, service? Well, it, it, it it's a collection company that has all their ducks in a row. From calling on the phone and saying, "Hey, you owe us money," blah blah blah, to okay, you're not going to do that. We're going to send it now and escalate it to our legal department after they feel like they did their due diligence. Then legal then takes it and sends them to court. And and by the way, I just want you to know, I don't pay a penny for any of the service. So they make percentages on what's collected. Even at the stage where we're going to court, I used to have an attorney that I'd have to pay for a day in court. Um, I just spent the morning in court with my attorney. It doesn't cost me a penny because they're eventually going to collect and make a percentage. Now, do you have to show up to court all the time or is this no, a special uh, occasion I, that you had to? This was a special occasion because I didn't notarize my documents in time and they and I didn't get it to them because over the weekend I forgot I was busy and so on. Um, so, yeah, I don't have to be there. I don't have to face the person and look at them. Although I've gone to court myself, I used to set things up on the docket and be there all day. I'd have like 10 people and I personally would deal with them. Most of the time they hated me until they got there and saw me and now they're like, oh, hi, Sensei, how are you? I'm like, listen, I, I just want to work something out with you. I don't want to kill you. I don't never wanted to kill you. All I wanted to do is teach your kid. And then all of a sudden, the human side comes together. Right. And um, if, if they let go of the fact that they're responsible for everything that they signed for, then they understand that I'm just trying to work with them. But if not, and they're just like, screw you, I'm not paying, then then I'm happy to, to, to litigate. Because I feel like... It's, if you and I agree on something, we should both hold up our end of the agreement. We should be honorable. And people don't, you know, it used to be a handshake held up in court. Nowadays, not even a contract sometimes doesn't even hold up in court. Right, exactly. You know, so it's scary. And, and you know, it's a dilemma. Listen, I, I, I don't love it. Like, I knew I had to go to court. I didn't sleep super well last night just thinking about it and running with it. And so it, it's, a, it's a headache in so many regards, but at the same time, it's a necessary evil. The, the attorney said it today to the lady. She goes, ma'am, he's, he's running a business. 
It's not like, yes, he teaches martial arts, but he's running a business. You have to live up to your contract. It's a contract. It's not like, right. it's not like we he sat down and specifically laid out the terms with you, wrote it out. It's, there's really no question. It's not like I'm faking people out and just hit, you know, white ink on a piece of paper, you know, that they couldn't see. So, so what I, I hear you kindly saying to me is, uh, Dwayne, why not do it? Yeah. Well, Dwayne, check this out. I mean, over the years, I've, I must have done these, these two things with these contracts. Number one, I've gotten people because they were forced to pay their contract to, to spite me and say, well, then I'm going to keep my kid going. And then I kept them for another six months and got to train their kid for six more months. And some of them then said, oh, now he fell back in love with it. So there's the percentage of people that do that, right? Um, just happened with a girl in my school recently where the dad's like, she doesn't want to go anymore, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, okay, well, you have four months left on your agreement. Okay, we're going to finish that out. Next thing I know at my tournament on Sunday, that girl's competing. She's back <laughs> in the game. She's she's back into it. So like, But right. if it was like, okay, you're out, I would have probably lost her. Now I think we're going to get her back. Right. right. The, the second thing that happens, too, is that people who renege on their agreements, a good portion of them I collect. The last time I was at my attorney's office, another attorney, because I have, like, so many damn attorneys. Um, I was sitting in his office. Coincidentally, they said, someone's here for Long Island in Jitsu Centers. And, and Rich Artur, my attorney, goes, uh, that's weird. He's, he's sitting right here. Yeah, they have $3,000 in cash in an envelope they, they want to give to you so that you could sign a release because they're trying to buy a home, and the real estate will not let them close the title search because they have a judgment on their thing. And they have to come here and get a release. They're down in whatever town waiting. So they went and got the bank and went to the attorney. They do it. And I just happened to be sitting there. And he goes, oh, good day for you. And he hands me $3,000. So I'm like, wow. You know, so sometimes it works out that we actually make some money. But for me, it's more about, hey, listen, business is business. We have to make money. But it's also about the, you know, the honor and the integrity, the loyalty. Yeah, yeah the, you know, the integrity part, right. Yeah, so so that um, that's something that is really important to me. So then, what do you what do you think about um, schools that don't have contracts, where it's just month to month, and you can cancel well, at any time? Well, that's fine if that's their model. That's fine for them. My model is that I don't want to be on a month to month, so that maybe in the summer my enrollment tanks by twenty five percent. Right. So, I mean, that happens a lot. And most of my friends that are on month to month, they'll go like, yeah, we're going to take off for the summer and they lose a ton of money. Right. So um, I think that that's painful in, in regards to running a business. It's a poor business model. However, some of them have like month to month and people just they have no problem. They just roll over and they keep going. And there's no renewals after the first year. And, and, and it's easy for them. I mean, if that's their model, I've thought about it. Um, in this day and age, people, I, a lot of times I have an objection. People will say, I don't want to, I don't want to commit. And I'm like, I get it, but we want you to commit because this is something that we feel it's, it's something you have to commit to for at least a small period of time, three months at minimum for our starter basic tryout program. But if not for a year, so that we know that you're in the game. So we're not like putting all our time into little Johnny and effort. And the next day he's out the door. Right. Okay. Then, uh, all right, so let's say I'm sold on this, right? I'm sold on, uh, uh, on, 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 you know, doing this. What I'm hearing you then say is, well, you need to have some um, boundaries set up for yourself and some systems yeah. set up, meaning um, be willing to uh, hear their case if they want to present it and work something out before it ever goes to collections. So that would right. be the letters of integrity, right? Yeah, exactly. Okay. And there are what, how many steps in that? I, I think there's six and it's over the course of like three or four months. Okay. So six, three or four months, and then you get to the sixth one. And then after, or after, you know, that time period. At that, passed, at that point, the last and final letter says, you know, this is our last request to try to settle this matter. Um, if we don't hear from you within two weeks, we will then be presenting this to our collection company. And do you feel that the, the four-month time span or three-month time span is uh, is enough or too much? Are you being overgenerous? I'm, I'm oh, yeah. thinking that you're overgenerous, to be honest with I, you. I am. I am overgenerous. Like, I'm just trying to get them back, and I'm just trying to let them off, and I'm just trying to work with them. So, uh, 
but most of the time it's ignored. Like most of the time people don't care. They're just like, okay, you know, I call it the ostrich syndrome where they hide their heads in the sand long enough. They, yeah. They, and then they pull their head out, hoping that Sheehan Alley and his, his, his bill is gone. So uh, a lot of times people will do that. And I find that to be terrible, but at the same time though, I do, I do follow up and, and yeah, that's where we start. And then at that point I just pass it over to my collection company. There are other strategies okay. too. Like, you know, if someone owes you two months, um, th- their contract will continue to grow if it's a 12 month term, but sometimes I'll wait six, seven, eight months before I actually send them through the collection so that, you know, it's almost the full entire balance, uh, you know, and, and they, they really showed that they're just not going to pay. Okay. Okay. And then do you preface this when you register people? Meaning, um, if you're late, if you don't make payments, we're going to turn you into collections and, or do you also say if you don't make your payments on time, there's a, an additional fee? Well, we don't charge a late fee for late payments in our school. Um, okay. we, it's on our, it's on our contract, but we don't do it. Um, <laughs> however, because I, again, I don't want someone to get killed if they have a, a late payment or anything like that. Um, but, um, but we do tell them before they finally sign the final agreement that this is the terms are a year. And I do give them the speech and say, um, you know, that if little Johnny doesn't want to go, Mrs. Jones, you do know that this is a year term, no matter what you have to pay for the entire year. So that we do say that it's in our, it's in our sales manual. It's that it's actually on one of the documents of our, of one of the pages of our sales manual. It says, um, I'll actually pull it up and try to tell you. I can't share it on screen, but I'll I'll read it to you. But it says something like, um, you know, uh, you know, even if you want to quit, you understand that this is a term period that you have to pay no matter what, unless you have, you know, this a doctor's note for a specifically realistic injury that claims they can never do martial arts again. Like it's not like he's got bronchitis. Okay, that's not a doctor's note. That's just a sickness. That or what if they, I mean, if they move 25 miles away or yep. 20 miles They're away, out. that type of thing. Yeah. Okay. Hey, listen, yeah. I, dude, I've, I've been, I'm saying, dude, I get excited and I, you're my friend. So I say, dude, like, but, um, uh, I was in a band, remember everything was dude, dude, dude. But, um, yeah. but I have gone just recently, I had four people move away, two families of two, right? I'm moving Xi'an. Okay. Awesome. They were great people. No cancellation fee. Cause we do have that in our contract. It's a cancellation fee, $250 cancellation fee. Um, so I'm like, I'm going to let you out. No problem at all. And you tell me where you live and then tell me the schools within the four mile radius that you want to bring your kids to. If you want to continue, I will personally call them up and find out which one's best suitable for you and make an introduction. And then, so when you go down, you'll, you'll know what you're getting into. So I will go out of my way and spend all that time to hook them up and take care of them because they, like I said, they're part of my family. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah. yeah. I think you're starting to sell me on this. Yeah. Well, I mean, think about it. Like, I mean, I don't know of any company in the world that will not, make you pay you get a copy machine you're leasing it you bought it you owe them money they're not going to say okay Dwayne you don't use it anymore you haven't used it in four months don't pay us for those four months you have a car you've been away it's sitting in the garage like listen I'm not going to pay for my car I I, you know I haven't driven it in three weeks or four weeks you know Uh, there's no try to find a company that you think that would just allow someone to get away with a term agreement that was a signed written contract I don't know of any a country club, a gym membership, you know, you know, that has terms, any company, whether it be, you know, anything. I just don't know of it. Why, as martial artists, are we so worried that we sh- we're, not, we're not professional enough to be able to hold people to an agreement? Right. I, what about – um, go ahead. No, I was going to say I know it's a moral dilemma for instructors, but I don't know why. Like, I don't know why that is. Maybe I'm. Maybe it's me. Maybe I'm flawed, and and I. I no, no, no. I a think different standard. Uh, no, I don't think you're flawed, and I, you know, and I would like to hold people to uh, those standards. I, like I said in the beginning of this conversation, I absolutely wholeheartedly believe in what you're saying. Um, yeah. Pulling pulling the triggers are a different thing. How did you end up right. uh, finding the uh, the company that you use now for collections? Well, that company specifically just kind of stumbled onto me because they sent me out a card, a postcard, and I read it, and it told me their collection company. 
I happened, you know, it's serendipitous. I happened to be looking for a collection company because I didn't want to do it all myself anymore. I just didn't want to be involved. I have better things to do. Like there's so many reruns of TV shows I want to watch. So many, so many, so many hours of binge watching I could be doing that I don't want to be in this negative gutterish kind of issue. So I'm like, I'll hire, right. I'll hire some cutthroats that do this for a living and let them do it all because I don't want to be in it. Right. Yeah. So, so, so that's where uh, I'm at. Now, that, so then is that group just in um, New York? Or are they I think over? they do. I think they do a few areas, but I think most collection companies work with attorneys in specific areas, and then they 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 will work. So my suggestion is to whatever person who's listening, if they want to take this route, is to find a collection company in your area, and 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 listen, work the terms out with them as well, you know, and know that. Like I said, I don't want to have outlay out of my pocket every time I'm trying to collect from a customer. I don't want to have to pay a fee. And so this particular collection company does all of that, and, they're, and they believe confidently enough that they're going to collect enough on the people that they do get through to that they're going to make enough money off of having me as an account. And then the legal department that sues knows that they're going to get so many judgments, and then they're going to find the assets and collect. So that's how they're going to make their money as well. I don't have to pay. It's not like, oh, my God, should I sue? When I used to take them to small claims court, I'd have to pay 50 bucks a time, and then I'd have to weigh it out. Oh, they owe me $450. Do I even bother? $50, right. court dates, all this. So I'd go, I'm going to write that one off. It's only $200. You know, So this collection company does that too. But we're talking about some big cases where you know, like I have one family – they were paying $600 a month and they, they came for like three, three months, four months, and then they just stopped coming. So I tried the whole process. They have ignored me. And, um, you know, anyway, so we're talking like an eight, $8,000 a year agreement. They had, you know, they were like seven people in the family. Right. So, I mean, that's a lot of money to just give up and I'd be willing to just get them back as students. I'd be happier than anything to just have them back on the floor. I could care less about collecting money for things that I didn't, you know, that I'm not teaching or whatever. They're not coming. Or, but at the same time, um, I don't allow people to just kind of, you know, um, blow it off. Gotcha. And have you had anybody that you've taken to collections that did come back as a student? Yeah. They, I've, I've had people that have come back where they actually paid. And then I even do this. They're like, okay, all right, let's settle on 800 bucks. I'm like, you know what? To come back and do four months in my school and uh, for free because you paid. I'm like, oh, I think we're going to do that. And then I've had a few people, not a lot, a few people that were, you know, realistic and, and you know, um, conscionable. conscionable? Uh, anyway, they, they had a good conscience about it. And uh, they did it. So, I mean, not everyone. You know, most of the time people leave and, you know, some people have a bad taste in their mouth. And But at the same time, they all know that that this is part of it. Right, right. Okay. Yeah. All right. Well, yeah, you, you're selling me on it. I don't know if I'm ready to pull the trigger yet. But yeah. I, I guess in order to pull the trigger, I would need to, um, you know, create those systems, have those systems in place, uh, right. find the uh, – uh, you know, the place that, that I can cut the deal with to right. know, rep- represent yeah. the studio and then move on forward mm-hmm. with that. And then once that's yeah. all in place, then, you know, my program director would actually just run the whole thing. I wouldn't have to touch it, just right. make sure that everything's documented and that uh, maybe I'm, you know, kept, a, kept up to date on where we're at on those people right. on a weekly, monthly basis, whatever. I would, yeah. you know, put that into my report that, that my – uh, uh, program director would give me. Yeah, I mean, I look at it like this. I, I used to look at it when I'd get really annoyed. I, I had to shift my mindset from being this guy who was compassionate, empathetic to to Dwayne's story about why they can't and how it's hurting and them and you know so on and so forth, right? And then I would see these people out doing their thing and and um, you know with no regard that I gave them the deal and helped them out and let them out or whatever the case may be, scholarship them. And now they're driving. No, I've had people drive up the next day in brand new Lexuses with the sticker on it. So I'm like, ah, they couldn't afford karate because they had to afford the Lexus or they couldn't afford their month's tuition because they spent it on lobster at the diner, you know, that kind of thing. Right. But what helped me shift, shift my mindset was that for every penny that I allowed to just sweep away and be missing, I could have put that in my daughter's college, uh, college, uh, college fund. 
right? I could have paid down debt on my home or paid off bills. I mean, I work super hard to stay afloat every single month and, and be successful. It's not an easy task, as any school owner would know. Running a business is not easy. Um, so, uh, you know, you have to have, do your due diligence and why martial arts schools just let it go. And, and, you know, so many of them have opposing philosophies and thoughts. I get it. But um, this is one of them where I, I've been saying this for 20 years. I've been doing contracts for 20 years. I wonder if uh, you get the same thing in, in like gymnastics and dance studios where you have uh, that same thing happening or – are are those owners more disciplined in doing right. this than than we are? Well, we're, the next interview you're, we're doing is with Mike Bodansky. The one after that is with Adam McCauley, who owns two martial arts schools and a dance studio. So, huh? okay. But however, though, he does contracts and month-to-months. So let's just pick his brain on that and where he stands. Um, but uh, we have similar struggles, him and I, you know, with certain students just disappearing or whatever issues and so on. So those those next two interviews are going to be really exciting. Um, Sensei Macaulay has a really big traditional karate dojo, and um, he's got hundreds of students and, and a leadership team. And, you know, he's a, he's a great instructor. So that's going to be a really good interview for people to listen to as well. All right. Well, I'm stoked. Well, I appreciate you... Uh... You know, kind of laying yeah. all this out, and hopefully, you know, hopefully, uh, other other school owners are encouraged by the conversation. I mean, I would say, it, it, from if I was somebody else and I was listening to this, and I wasn't bringing someone to collections, I think you create a uh, a good argument um, for doing it, and right. that it isn't as it isn't as scary as we might originally thought it could be. And so I think that was important. You know, that was important for me uh, to hear yeah. that, that, you know, there, there really isn't a lot of backlash and uh, you do believe that people should hold up to their bargain. And I know I've heard you say this before, you know, look, we're teaching martial arts. We should be a, a person right. of our word. You know, we right. should be the example of that. And so, and then we don't hold people to that example just because yeah, I, we don't want to be looked at like there's a money thing involved. Yeah, I never, I've never heard you tell me at once that you were like, yeah, I didn't feel like going today, so I just let the studio, I locked the doors and went home. Like you're, oh, you will die if you were sick and, and like, and you, and you didn't have people to help you. You would crawl to the school and open the doors. I've done that when I didn't have people. I literally we both did on, that. Right. I, I've laid, I've laid on my couch and I said, please, you know, Joe, teach the class for me. But I was there. Like I never would have thought of not showing up or calling in sick. Like I, you know, this is not. We don't do that. We live up to our end of the agreement. Yeah, they might argue and say it's more. It's not what I thought it was going to be. I, I thought you were, you know, you 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 were better than I thought you were better than you are. Maybe, and I get that's a disgruntled client, and that's customer service and communication and so on. You're not always going to. People might like you initially, but then you're, you know, you're hard on them or whatever the case might be, and that you might have two conflicting personalities. Those things happen, um, but uh, not every relationship is, is meant to be. Um, but at the same time, I think, like, listen, if we say here's the agreement, this is what I'm going to provide to you, this is what you're going to give to me, it's quite simple. You get all right. of this, and all you do is give me this. You know, so, um, you know, I'm not going to make or break myself with $130 or $150 tuition a month, one student, right? It's not going to really kill me. But at the same time, it's important for us to run a business. I wouldn't be able to have survived for 27 years if I wasn't a professional at, at what I do. Right. No, I agree. So, yeah, let me tell you. I appreciate it, man. Yeah, no problem. I know we have a little bit of time, so I wanted to talk about one other thing that I want your opinion on. So, last night I had a meeting with my team. You know, and we went out to Chinese food. It was great. We all sat at the table and we chatted about the, the school. And um, you're not going my, to you're not going to t- you're not you're going to you're not going to tell me you were hungry an hour later, are you? Yeah, well, probably. Um, I, but I had I had a little sushi, so that that kind of holds you over. Um, but uh, check this out. So you remember the purple cow thing that we talked about, and yeah. you know, people are become the purple cow. So I made a questionnaire, and I think we shared that. I shared it on the page, and. Um, you know, so I was asking my students, like I had this, uh, not my students, my staff, there's five of them there. And like one of them filled it out and the other ones didn't. And I said, well, tell me what you think our purple cow moment is. Like what makes us unique? And one of the girls um, said, uh, 
you know, I really don't know. She's not a martial artist. She's never done martial arts. She just came to me looking for a job. I hired her as a program front desk person. And she's like, I really don't know. Um, and I'm like, well, you know, she goes, I'd have never been to another school. I don't know what other schools do. So, um, all night I was in my dream. No joke. I, this is why I'm crazy. I was in my dreams, like trying to run a scenario of the best methodology that I could to train my staff to understand the brand, right? Why are we so different? And, and for me, you know, our, our logo is it's not just kicking and punching. It's the martial arts and beyond. Long Island Ninjutsu Centers discover the ninja in you. Like you're of a classical, traditional Japanese martial art that dates back 1,800 years ago. Um, and we're probably one of the only schools on the island that teach that. Um, you know, we are, you know, you know, we have this very eclectic spiritual martial art. And I could go on and on. I could say it. But how do I get my staff, especially the ones that are non-martial art people, to understand our brand, right? So that's what I was thinking, like, do I write it out on paper, then shoot a video and do like what I just did with you and explain that to them and get them to understand it? Because sometimes people don't, we talked about this, don't even have a brand. And then when they do have a brand, they don't know how to actually get the brand out to their clients so that people go, this school is so unique, I wouldn't go anywhere else. I love what's going on here, the specialty, the this, the that, the camaraderie, you know, it's, or can I just quit and go down the road and join another school? Would it matter really all that much? So I, how right, do we, right. what do you think? How do you, how would you do that? How would you define the brand? How would you train the people? What would you do? Uh, no, I, I think you need to do that. I think it needs to be in writing what, what the, uh, what the mission is, your purpose, uh, for your school, um, and then from that, how you fulfill those uh, that that mission or that purpose, and that way everybody knows, you know, this is how we fulfill that uh, right that mission or that that purpose. And then obviously your, um, you know, your saying of of uh, forgive me, I forget what it was, but your uh, meme, your meme, you know, oh mine, like it's not just kicking and punching; it's the martial arts and beyond. Discover the ninja. In you, right? Like that kind right. of concept. Yeah, and I like the discover the ninja in you, you know? Yeah. Um, so all of that obviously needs to be congruent, but it, it needs to be explained to your staff. So the important thing is, I, I think, is the why. Uh, why we're doing this, meaning why do I have a school? And how right. do you fit into that why? So how does your... Uh, you working here, how does how do you fit into that why? And and you as an individual, how do you fit into that why? And if right. you if they can if they can find themselves in that why, there's not much more that you need to do, I don't think. Uh it's when they can't find themselves in that why that I think that's where problems arise is because they don't really know where they're where they lie inside of uh that why. Um, right. you know, be, being your purpose or your mission. I'm looking at pa the paper. I want to tell you, like, one one of the staff members who actually wasn't in the meeting when I handed out this form filled it out. And I'm going to try to dig out – oh, here it is, what they said. So, so, and let me give you a and, – and she asked me last night. She said, I filled it out. How did I do? And I said, you did, How did great. I do? Yeah, I, I said, you did great <laughs> because you, cause you filled it out. I said, however, I think that I was looking for something else. So – for example, the first question is, why do you think our dojo is different? And they wrote, our dojo is different for a few reasons. Besides the intensive training in kata grappling, sparring weapons, and martial arts traditions, our dojo has a large family that is close-knit and supportive of each other as well as our community. It's a great answer, right? But at the same time, it, it, it doesn't – that to me, because I know the industry, I know that you probably, your staff would say the exact same thing about your school. Right, and the Taekwondo guy down the road or the BJJ guy down the road might say the same, almost close to that, right? Right. Um, the next question is, what is it about our service that you can clearly say is different from other schools or our competition? And I meant competition could be dance, it could be soccer, it could, but, but if we're just using martial arts, they wrote constant follow-up on leads and existing new students. So I'm not sure if that's at all an answer for that, but it's not like it was a wrong answer. It's just not what I was looking for. 
Well, it's their answer, and and that right. that shows where their head is at with right. regards to their position inside of the school or what they think right. that their position is inside of the school. Yeah. So so me, for me, I find that to be an issue on my part where maybe I haven't trained them enough to understand what I'm looking for that separates us and how we can yeah. accept, we can tell well, that to others. Or they're not ready for that portion yet. I mean, so if you have a brand new employee that you're training and it's only been one or two months or even three months, they, you know, they may not totally get, especially if they're not one of your students currently, right? Right, uh, right. They may, they may not totally get it um, yeah. and be now able she, to this, elaborate this person, because... This person's a martial artist, by the way, but not my student originally, Um and a kickboxing instructor, but I get what you're saying. So that's good input. So continue. I'm sorry. Yeah, because if I'm, you know, whatever I'm in right now is what I'm focused on. So if I'm, if you have me working for you, focusing in on leads and prospects and those type of things, I, I, that might be my answer because that's what I'm living at that moment. And I don't understand or see the big picture of of what, what the school really exists for. I just see the so, processes that I'm responsible for learning, and to me, that's what the school exists for. So so are you saying, though, and, and uh, it, it's annoying me that you're pointing out to me that I'm I'm flawed in this, you know, I'm only kidding. But um, but I, I need, and I believe I do, I understand this, I believe that somehow I have to get that message to them so that they understand it, right? Enough that they're able to really understand what I'm trying to get across, right? So this... This is why I wanted all of them to fill this out. And the one person said, I, I didn't even fill it out. I didn't know what to say. Well, that not, not knowing what to say would have been a lot to say for me because that would tell me all the areas that I needed to train you on or work with you on and so on. Um, so I agree with you. So I need to train them on the vision more, the big picture, right? So the next thing was, uh, what do you think we can do differently to make our school clearly stand out in the customers' minds? What is it that we can communicate to our clients that will clearly educate them on our uniqueness and the reason that they should be excited about and the and the and the, and the reason they should be excited about? And they, this person wrote, um, the new text messaging system has gotten a lot of positive reaction. Our sticker system, which is our attendance and our attendance system, is very unique and definitely a motive uh, a motivation motivator, especially for the younger children. So I kind of think that that's a plug for good stuff that they see as an added benefit that no, not everyone does. Yeah. And, you know, again, they're giving you the answer at the level that they're at. I can remember, I can remember, um, uh, Stephen Oliver. I was talking with Stephen Oliver one time and I wanted to do something and I was talking to him about it and he said, you know, well, what's your end game? Right. I go, well, what do, you, what do you mean? What's my end game? I just want right. to do X, Y, or Z. He says, well, why do X, Y, or Z and not have an end game? And see, he, because he had been through everything that he's been through, right, uh, right. he was able to ask that question where yeah. I didn't have all the experiences up until that point. And so he was, he, he was expecting and wanting an answer at a level that he was at that I wasn't at. And so right. I couldn't even give – give the uh, quote-unquote correct answer, although yeah. I gave the best answer I could. I said, I don't have an end game, you know? So uh, yeah. So I think sometimes that needs to be taken in consideration. I'm not saying that people that are, are at a lower level, but I do believe that as time goes on and the more experiences that you learn, your um, depth gets, uh, as an owner, your your depth gets deeper. And, and I think sometimes we forget that, you know, our staff doesn't have the same depth of thinking that we do. Right, right. Does that make sense? Totally. I, I want to give you a hug right now. <laughs> and, you know, but it is our responsibility to to grow them up so that they start to get that yeah. depth. But and, they and you know what? never be as, as, as deep into it as we are. Otherwise, they're going to own the place. Right, right. And I get that. And that's why I was talking to Nicole, my fiance, last night. She came to the meeting. I'm like, how do you think the meeting went? She's like, oh, it was really good. I think everybody really had a good time. We all ate together and la, la, la. I'm like, do you think that they understood what I was looking for, what I was saying and so on? And she's like, yeah, I think they really, really did. And I'm like, I don't know. I really don't know. And I'm, I was a little frustrated with 
the response I got on that particular situation. But here's one more question or two more questions. It said, um, why are we a purple cow? And that means, like, why are we unique and different? What makes us unique and different? And, and they wrote, we're a purple cow because of our dedication to the school, the martial arts, and the loyalty to our dojo family. So I said, uh, yeah, that's one reason, definitely. So their answer is like where, where, you know, we have this dedication to the school, the family, the students, um, the younger children, and that's what makes us unique. But I feel every school is doing that, or they should be at least. But the good ones are, right? But um, I don't want to just be that. I want them to build this entire brand where they walk into a world and they're, they're into it. They're wearing the shirts. They're feeling like they're in this, you know, I, I'm, a, I'm a ninja. I train in ninjutsu. I, you know, that kind of thing. You know, a very unique, kind of like a clan, tribal mindset, right? And there's some marketers that talk about the tribe, the tribal mentality, right, and all of that stuff. Right. right? So what right. do you think about that? Like, <laughs> Well, it's funny that, that, that you bring up the whole tribe thing because one of my employees brought that up, uh, and he was he, uh, he said, hey, I'm going through and I'm, I'm going all the instructors and I'm thinking about different names for them. And I don't know how this came up, uh, but he said, uh, you know, we're, we're, we're a clan. And I go, we're a yeah. what? He goes, we're a clan. I said, you might want to come up with a different name. I said, I don't know that I want to be part of the clan. Right. And he goes, oh. He said, we're, right. I said, how about a, tri-? I go, how about a tribe? He right. goes, yeah. We could have tribal names. I said, okay. I said, I want my tribal name to be Chief Wannabe. Yeah. So, and, I, I, and my head instructor's tribal name is uh, uh, Same Face. Okay, cool. I always it's told so my daughter, funny. if I had a nickname, I want to be called Sandstorm <laughs> or, Silver, or Silverback. You know, something. Okay. And she's like, Dad, Dad, you're just weird, Dad. You know that. But no, so the, so the tribal, the clan, you know, a ninja clan, right, the family – um, yeah, and, as long uh, as you say Ninja Clan, you're fine. Right, right, right. Yeah, not the other clan. I get what you're saying. That just hit me yeah. now. Um, anyway, I had my dog on my lap. He's licking his paw, but at the same time, he's licking my leg at the same time. So I'm like trying to get him to stop. My leg is soaking wet. I'm like, this dog drives me nuts. But if I let him run around, he'd be yelping and screaming and whining. So the, nah, things, you're we good. Do, the things we do for quiet. Um, so the other thing, too, one last question I asked, and I said um, – Share your thoughts on what you think we can improve. And be honest, it says. And they wrote, um, uh, you're really not a nice person. No, I'm just kidding. And they wrote, <laughs> you know, and then they started talking about some cosmetics. They're like, we have to replace a few of the ceiling tiles. I know it's an ongoing thorn in our side, but that they look ugly. That was really all they had. I really wanted more like, hey, we can improve system one or we could do better here or do better there. And that, you know, sometimes that makes me feel like, okay, how do I get them? And I was talking last night about this, this collusion, this group of all of us, the five of us that were there, to really bond so that we could work for, with each other. Like, for example, um, Dwayne, I had to leave early last night. I, need, I didn't get a chance to clean up. I know you're in on the morning shift. You think, I'm sorry, I won't let it happen again, but I just had to go. Could you do it for me? Like this synergy between everyone, right? And they're really the communication. And it's funny. I did a game with a leadership team at a seminar I taught, uh, taught like two weekends ago. And I said to them, uh, the, the family that kicks together sticks together. I played phone tag and I talked it into one kid's ear. And he's like, what? I said, the family that kicks together sticks together. So it went through eight people. And, um, and at the end, I'm like, what was it? And the kid goes, six together, six, six together. I'm like, that's what he got. Like within six degrees of, of separation, that story changed that much. The family that kicks together, sticks together became six together, sick together. Like, you know, so communication sometimes is not easy in this day and age. It seems like people are seeing things from different perspectives. What do you think? Uh, absolutely, 100%, totally, totally agree. Um, and I'll give you a, uh, well, not only communication, but perception. So I right. remember, this, this was probably six months ago, I was walking you know, through the studio with, with my head instructor, Mr. Bean, and I said, hey, I said, uh, I've been thinking lately about the experience when people, you know, walk in, uh, when, they, when they walk in, um, you know, like, what do you think we can improve on in, the, in, in, uh, in their experience? Well, right. <clears throat> he took it as, he goes like this, he goes, oh, funny you say that. I've been thinking about that, too. And I go, well, tell me. And he goes, he goes well, 
when they walk in, they should see this because, you know, and this is broken. That needs to be fixed or, you know, the, 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 the carpets need to be cleaned. And then, you know, this wall, there's some patching up that needs to be in some painting. And he, he was talking everything cosmetic. Yeah, yeah. I was talking about all, I mean, not to mention, I mean, don't get me wrong, that has to do with the experience. But yeah, I yeah. was actually talking about the systems in place right, that we course. have. What can we have? Right. Two totally different worlds. Hey, by the way, what, what, what color, uh, what's your favorite color? Blue, right? Mine's blue right. too. Yeah. Yeah. And that's the joke that we have uh, that you, you use as an analogy where, you know, yours is light blue and mine's dark blue or whatever it is, but right. we're, we're shades apart in that conversation. Right. Right. Um, so not only do I think that it's, it's the communication, but I also think it's the perception or where that person right. is in, in their life. We got to understand yeah. that when we ask those questions and really define exactly what we're talking about. And what I find is sometimes it's, it's exhausting. Oh, I know it is. Yeah. I agree. And I, I find, imagine. uh, nothing against my staff. Um, but I think sometimes the things that you're bringing up with this might even be better talked about with other school owners, like, you know, so you and me bouncing ideas off, I think is, um, probably a lot more, we'll, we'll push, we'll push it forward faster, quicker and get it to the end result as opposed to asking those same questions to our staff. And again, right. it's not that they're dumb. That's not it at all. Uh, our perception and our position is in a totally different place in most right. cases. Yeah. And we shouldn't be surprised when we ask that type of question. Uh, I shouldn't have been surprised when I asked that type of question from him. Yeah. And I and I and I, and I was like, wow. Like in my head, I, I, that wasn't even what I was going for. But all right, right. I'll take that into consideration. So it's yeah, not to say that we don't ask those questions to them, but we ask them in, in a way to maybe get a fresh perspective, but right. not so that we're disappointed in their answer. Yeah. And so that allows us to see where they're at, what they're thinking, um, and then we can make a decision on whether we want to share with them where we were really at and what we were really thinking. And isn't right. that the same case when you when you teach? Like, I was teaching the other day, and, and I had my staff sit down, literally had them sit down. Uh, there was three on one side, four on another, and me and just this storm team member were, were, were teaching this group of students. And maybe I brought this up to you before. I don't know. But I had them just taking notes. Uh, right. And then in our last staff meeting, we went over those notes. Um, and it was amazing uh, how much they got and picked up right. and things that they go, man, I, I never thought of that before. Um, because they were able to write things down and then ask the question, um, you know, because they wrote questions down, and then I would answer the question. First off, I said, well, why do you think I did that? Because I wanted to prompt their response. I wanted to see where they were at. And, they and and, you know, often was a time I'd say, yep, that's true. But I also did it for this and then also this layer. So notice that it wasn't just this, you know, surface level. It was this deep and then also this deep. Yeah. Well, some of that stuff I actually do naturally. I'm sure you uh-huh. do as well. Being able to communicate that to somebody that either A, doesn't do it naturally, or B, uh, hasn't gotten to that natural progression yet yeah. is very difficult. So, um, yeah, I would just say, you know, don't be surprised by their answers, but don't right. expect their answers to be what you're looking for. I think probably you know, the masterminding between us and other school owners that are at that same position or higher um, is where we want to be asking those questions. Yeah, yeah. And then and then how the ones that were successful at possibly getting the points to, to build that team and create that vision, you know, where a company understands, like, like a, I don't know, I've never been at the Google headquarters, but I've watched movies that have incorporated it where they have this entire – feeling of you know uh, uh you know what everyone understands the the mission the message the the feeling so i mean i want like i said I, i've talked about this numerous times i went and traveled around to all of chris angel the magician's stores and people don't recognize him as much anymore because he's not on tv um and i'll say Do you know who chris angel is they're like no but he's a, a world world-renowned illusionist and and uh 
he's, you know, quite famous or everywhere. But anyway, I went to all his retail stores with his brother, who's my student. And he said, do you see like when you walk in and you step in the store, what do you feel? What do you see? I go, this is all Chris Angel. The smell, the music, the sounds, the videos, the pictures on the screens, the, the, the pictures that are hanging in these picture boxes with his handcuff escape and is this or that. I mean, it really gets you into the entire brand message, you know, and that's that I really want school owners to understand that they're more than just a karate dojo. They're more than just a place to teach punching and kicking, you know, that right. they have to un- understand who they are. And and it starts with you and as an owner, and it starts with you then passing that message to the staff. You know, it's like, um, I don't know, it's like, you know, you go to like a theme restaurant and they're all dressed a certain way and they, you know, they have, you know, whatever their persona and they, you know, they talk and say the things that the, that the, the company wants them to say and they greet you away. You know, it's almost like actors on a stage portraying a certain thing. That's kind of almost like what we want to educate our clientele on as well. Yep. No, I agree. Well, I think also awesome. the, the two topics that we discussed today, uh, you know, the one being uh, collections or no collections and then, yeah. You know, I don't know what we would uh, entitle this last half, but, uh, right. you know, uh, conversations with a purple cow. You know? <laughs> yeah, yeah, of a purple cow, right? Yeah. Of a purple cow, so. Yeah. But I think all, right, all, cool. all fruitful, all beneficial. Yeah, so we'll talk to you. Of course, I talk to you behind the scenes, but we'll talk to you, everybody next week on Wednesday. Hopefully, we'll get our – I'll get my act together, and it'll be with Master Bodansky. Um, and uh, we will uh, be able to interview him, and then the following week, another great instructor. Yep, sounds good. I appreciate it, man. Talk to you later. Awesome. You have an awesome day. See you later. Take care.